Hey everyone, it's Mike. Just letting you know, there's going to be some spoilers for the newest episode of Miss Marvel. So if you haven't seen the episode yet, please come back later after you finish watching. Or if you just don't care if you've already seen it, go right ahead. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Eminem Marvel Mania Podcast. My name is Nick. My name is Mike. And today we're discussing Miss Marvel Episode 4. We are about, uh, I guess, 75% of the way. Two-thirds. Two-thirds. Whatever the math is. Yeah, I'm not good at math. That's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> That's why this is why we're That's here. That's why we're here. We weren't good at math, kids. You can... You can make your own Marvel podcast if you're not good at math. Yeah, that's why I'll never win in the fight against Peter Parker. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he knows geometry. Yeah, I don't know geometry. You know, I mean, <laughs> the, all the mirror dimension is is geometry, don't you know? Yeah, no, I didn't. Anyway, uh, yeah, today's episode was kind of like, I think, last last week's episode. Kind of like the same feel, you know? Yes. Um, so, I don't even know where to begin with this episode, except maybe we should start Kamala really has started to round into, like, her character and her powers. We're starting to see her more comfortable fighting on a day-to-day basis. Uh, There's the scene here where she ends up fighting the Red Dagger. Yeah. And she's a lot more comfortable with her powers compared to previous episodes, which... You know, look, that's that's a small thing, but I like to see the continuity. She's getting more powerful. She's getting stronger. She's understanding her powers and everything more now. And I like seeing that in the character. And I also like that we. it kind of seems like Kamala has a little bit more of a backbone now to her character, too. You know, obviously, with the way things ended this episode, we don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. But at the very least, we're kind of seeing her round herself into a hero uh, in total, and she doesn't feel like just like a, a brown girl from Jersey City that can't do anything anymore. Well, yeah, you have to familiar, you know, you have to familiar, uh, familiarize yourself. Well, she has to basically with her powers, and she's getting used to it. I mean, like I made that joke on on TikTok with her like catching the dagger and throwing it, which I thought was hilarious because mm-hmm. she's not like that superhero kind of level yet. She's still like that young Avenger kind, not even Avenger, but a young superhero. No, I, she reminds me a lot of Kate Bishop. Uh, yeah. Kate Bishop, I mean, obviously she's such a skilled archer that uh, Kate Bishop kind of seems like she has more of her shit together. Mm-hmm. But I look at the two characters and I see a lot of similarities, like that fangirl aspect, number one, obviously Kate Bishop for Hawkeye and Kamala Khan for Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. yeah. But also in the fact that there's just this incredible youth brought to the cast and brought to the show by the character. And oh. here, I mean, every scene that Iman Vellani is in as Miss Marvel is is gold. I mean, she she's doing such a great job making this character likable and making the show more appealable to audiences that uh, may not have thought they were, they were going to like it in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, I can say that one problem with this episode is that there was no Bruno. Yeah, eh, Bruno Bruno doesn't make an appearance in this episode. It's okay. He get he gets he gets. You know, gets messed up in the last. Well, you know, you see, here's the thing, Bruno. Bruno is. um, I'm starting to look at Bruno. Bruno's got a lot of competition, and uh, obviously, Kamran, who we only see for like five seconds this episode. Yeah. Um. So the clandestine from the last episode, uh, were arrested by the Department of Damage Control to go into the Supermax prison, which 
I think if I'm not mistaken, that's the Pentagon, right? No, no, no. That no. looked it, like the it, Pentagon. It, it, it was shaped like the Pentagon, kind of, but it wasn't. It was, it was a supermax prison, and um, I think if I'm not mistaken, that's actually where She-Hulk is going to be working. Okay, maybe there'll be a connection. I think that new superhuman law division. I think that is what that she'll be that's working. Where she'll be working out of because she'll be representing some of the superpowered people that are within it. Interesting. Interesting. That's that's at least my theory. On it's it. not a bad theory. No. And uh, we see them break out, and Najma is like, no, you can't come with us. And, like, Kamran literally gets abandoned by his own mother. Yeah. And everybody else there's like, okay, yeah, we're just going to go along with this. <laughs> nobody, nobody's sitting there thinking, hey, you know, uh, this mother's abandoning her son because, like, oh, hey, he felt this was the right thing to do, you know? Yeah. Not a great moment of parenting. And, and when, when is every, you know, Marvel parent ever a, a good parent? Uh, Scott Lang's a good dad. Yeah, but like as uh, as like a, you know, as like a hero to a, you know, to another. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's not a lot of good parents. There's not a lot of good parenting. I mean, Kate Bishop's mom corrupt. Um. And Quint's feel- a pretty good dad, I think. I think Quint's a good dad. Tony's a great father in Endgame. Miss Marvel, I mean, with with Kamala I, I and mean, her mom. Her, her parent, her parents are good parents too, and that's one of the things I like about this show is that we see everything from Kamala's side of things. Like the whole, oh, I'm a teenager and I want to be more free. And there's even a bit of that dynamic in this episode where like she's talking to her mom and she's like, you know, I'm a teenager, you know? This yeah. is I, this, and that's kind of been the whole theme of it. Well, yeah, no, it has. I mean, you see, they go to what's called, they go to Karachi. And I'm, I'm really surprised at the fact that they actually were able to go. Like they didn't have to like, they didn't really have to focus on it. They just said we're going. Like they just went right there on on the airplane. Yeah. Like they didn't have to explain it. They like took, they took Nana's word and they were like, "Hey, we're we're going to Karachi." Yeah. Like we need we need you here. Like we need you here now. You know, and it's understandable. And she hasn't. And uh, Muniba. Muniba's the mom. Mun- yeah, yeah, Muniba's the mom. She hasn't seen her her mother in a long time. Ever since she's moved to America. Yeah. So the kind of the, ah, it's been it's been a while since they like talk to each other. Because they, they have, like, they don't have bad blood, but it's, like, they didn't get along as much. Well, I mean, yeah, and we even see that with Kamala and Muniba. It's, like, they don't get along well. But, like, I feel like, I feel like it's kind of an allegory to, like, a lot of how teenagers are with their parents. Especially oh. daughters with their moms. Yeah. You know? I mean, me and you can't relate on that aspect. No. <laughs> but, I mean, we can definitely feel, like, the whole tension you have with your parents. And one of the things I liked is that they aren't making the mom, like, Kind of like Eleanor Bishop. Mm. I thought that the problem in there was that she was just so clearly, like, you know, corrupt Mm -hmm. and not a good person working with Wilson Fisk and everything. Whereas here, like with Muniba, it's like, no, this is a genuinely good hearted parent who's just clashing with her younger daughter. I just like hope at some point they have a scene where it shows that, you know, she's now a superhero and she could understand, like, that she's going to have to grow up and that. Her mother was kind of the same, not as a superhero, but kind of the same as when she was younger and she wanted to explore the world, you know, and everything like that. But she kind of like took away from it, took yeah. it away from her daughter because she's being protective over her daughter. Well, I think that's really the theme of the whole show with them, at least. The Kamala's parents are trying to protect her from a world that she wants to explore. Yeah. Whether it be AvengerCon or now everything going on with the Bangle and the clandestine. And the Noor and all, everything that comes with it. But we do learn a lot in this episode. 
So she's in Karachi, and all of a sudden, she just all of a sudden gets a knife thrown at her. And so weird. The red dagger, who we find out later to be named Kareem, mm-hmm. uh, ends up like fighting her. And then they're like, oh, wait, hang on. Aren't we? I guess we're on the same side, kind of. They, they kind of stop fighting, and it's like, okay. And I'm like, okay. At first, when they jumped in, I'm like, I thought it was one of the clandestine yeah. but, like, located in Pakistan. Yeah. And then it turns out, oh, hey, we actually fight them. Yeah. We're trying to protect the world from the unseen. Come with me. And then this is where we meet actually kind of my favorite character the whole episode. Wally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's a great character. I mean, obviously, he's he's dead. Yeah, they but... always got, they always <laughs> kill the good characters in these shows. I mean, listen, yeah. Red Dagger, uh, Kareem is really he's he's awesome. I mean, and a possible like we, we were talking about before. We we're talking about love interest. Uh, you know. I mean, look, the way that him and Kamala are like talking at that bonfire, I'm like, are they? Is this? Are they I think it, I think it's a friendly. I, I I think so too. But, like, I thought there were some leering looks where I'm like, oh, no, they're, they're going to really make this, like, a third love interest for the show because you already got Bruno, then you got Kamran, and now you have Kareem. And it's like, I like the fact that they're not making it so clear what path it's going to go. Well, I'm just glad that they're filling in with characters that, like, can support the action scenes. I mean, she she's come a long way from the first episode when she got the powers, you know, from the first episode up till now, you've had, you know, people helping her. You've had, uh, oh, my God, I forgot his name. Comron. Comron. And, and now you have Kareem. And you have, like, these side characters that kind of help her on her way. And she's still exploring her powers, you know. And she's working her way towards it. She's, like, getting the feel for it and everything. Yeah. So it's good that they fill it in. I mean, making it a love interest is a different story. I don't know about that. I will say an episode like this, again, kind of makes me wish that this series was eight episodes instead of six. Because we basically have to abandon everything going on with Bruno, with Nakia, with her brother, and with Kamran even, to jump to the other side of the world to get a bunch of exposition in this episode. Yeah. Now that, I feel like, maybe in this episode it doesn't feel like that big a problem, but there's only two episodes remaining already. Yeah. I mean, it makes me feel like they could they could make this a not a limited series and potentially go further with it if they wanted to. Well, I mean, we already know she's going to be in the next Marvels movie, The Marvels. Oh, so, yeah. So I, I don't think that we necessarily might see a season two. But it's just more the thought on my end of, you know, when you have a TV show, one of the reasons why I really love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is because it's 22 episodes a season for the most part. Well, yeah. And you had chances to explore every avenue of every character. And yeah, sometimes things would be slow, but it would make the payoff even better. Yeah, And that's why I like that long-form long storytelling. And that's what can be so frustrating about the Disney Plus show sometimes, where it's like, oh, you know, you know, it's not really giving the characters the time that they need to be able to fully explore them so that we can get a full satisfactory conclusion. Yeah, I mean, I feel like what's called... See, the difference is, like, Netflix shows, they do they do a lot better with, you know, even though they put it out at all once, they do a lot better because they have that, like, at least an hour of, of time to explain the story, and they have more episodes to do it. Even other TV shows. I mean, take take uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and all those shows for an example yeah. on Netflix. I mean, 
they're talking 50 minutes to a to an hour every single episode yeah and what's going on it you know tells the story keeps it going gets you hyped for the next episode you know and look this episode actually is very intriguing and we're, we're going to get to all the implications of the things we learn about the bangle and uh what we learned from waldine or waldine oh, i forget his name waldine it is waldine yeah um all the implications of what we learn and how there's like other dimensions and that's where the clandestine are from and then of course the kind of cliffhanger ending yeah they were in the partition so but yeah i mean it just i don't know there's there's the part of me that when you have these exposition heavy episodes and obviously when you have a brand new character they did the same thing with moon knight kind of that moon knight had some exposition filled episodes i kind of i like had it sort of like a feeling when it came to um no i'm forgetting name wally wally now you're making me forget it <laughs> uh i i have a feeling he's kind of like how dr strange they have the three sanctums like over the over all the world they have like the sanctum in uh, new york hong kong, new york, london. hong kong london and it's not they're not like a sanctum but it's like an area where they protect the world from other dimensions and beings of that are not from our world. You see, now when Waldine is talking originally about the gateway through the Noor from one universe to another, or yeah. what, not one universe, one dimension to another, dimension to another. I thought he was going to mention an incursion at first Could from have. Doctor Strange. Like, I'm kind of sitting there like, is he about to talk about, like, different universes? But no, it turns out it's contained to the same universe. It's just the clandestine homeland contained in another dimension within our universe it's it's very confusing it's you would really i mean to go deep into it would be for us to actually do our research on it which we should and get more insight on what like you know the, the multiverse different universes different dimensions and how they all intertwine with each other because it's a very confusing process well i think in, i think they did a pretty good job here of explaining it i will say that i i have a a sufficient enough understanding to see where they're no, going but for the for, but for the people that don't know well i mean and this kind of ties into i mean i guess a bigger problem that we could talk about on another podcast but i'll quickly address here of the whole idea of like that the mcu is now so big that if you don't commit to watching everything you're not going to understand yeah you know like you might be able to follow the story vaguely but there are going to be things that you will miss that you know now like we're what 30 movies and god 30 movies like six seven tv shows yeah we're i mean we are we are so in deep now where there is no turning back yeah you know for me and you <laughs> we, i mean we don't need to watch all we, that <laughs> i uh me and you are so committed to the to the bit here mm -hmm. that we we have no choice but to continue through <laughs> we've gone so far as last year, starting with Iron Man, going all the way to Endgame, and now we're going to be at Far From Home a couple of days from now. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, we did it because we love it, yeah, and, we, and we continue to do it because we love it even more until until when we can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. And even, look, the one thing I will say about Miss Marvel that has got me really hyped for the next couple of episodes is the fact that there's no real, how do I put it? There's no real outstanding problem with this show. Like, I had problems with the fact within these other shows we didn't know who the villain was. Or, 
you know, like like with Hawkeye and WandaVision, where they waited to like the final two episodes to say, oh, hey, uh, this is our <laughs> bad guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, here, that's not a problem. We have a clearly defined bad guy or set of bad people. Set of bad people. <laughs> yeah. And the problem, again, is like I feel like their motives, however, haven't gotten enough time to be flushed out. That's the one thing I would say. Well, I mean, they made it pretty self-explanatory that, you know, they wanted to go back to their home. And in order to do that, they're literally going to destroy the world. Yeah, I know. But the quick turn in episode three. Oh, yeah. They where, went from where, good to bad. Where they were like, oh, hey, Kamala. Oh, we're so, you know, so nice to meet you. To all of a sudden, like, okay, we have to kill her. Yeah, because, oh, you took too long. You took, what? She hesitated like dead. <laughs> I mean, you've been here for how many years? <laughs> I apologize for my voice. I, 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 am, I have a very hoarse voice right now. But seriously. Yeah. I mean, it was like, Kamran, uh, what'd she say? Uh, she says she just needs to, uh, like, wait, you know, a little bit. You know, and then No more waiting. And then no more waiting, and boom. It's like, what the hell happened that, that made you want to <laughs> leave so quickly? It's just, they, I guess they're like, we need them to, we need to show them that this is the villain. Yeah. I mean, if they... If they somehow just be like, no, this is the villain, I'd be like, really? I would be absolutely surprised if there's a bigger villain. I think Najma really is the villain here. Yeah, it's got to be. Now, the elephant in the room still remains her great-grandmother, Aisha. What the hell happened? And I think that the ending of this episode is going to finally get us an answer next episode. Yeah, no, nah, because so, she's she's in the the partition, so it's like it would make sense. So let's move into that that uh, action scene at the end of this. So Kamala is fighting alongside Kareem and Waldeen. Waldeen sadly gets killed again, killing off a great character, and um, she's fighting Najma, and her and Kareem are fighting them. That got cornered in a dead end, mm-hmm. and they're fighting, and she gets stabbed in the bangle. Yeah, stabbed in the bangle. Well, I mean, I mean, that's literally what happened. She gets stabbed how... in the bangle. No, I mean, she, the, she stabbed. I'm she basically like it's a body part. Yeah, I know. That's why I was like, anyway. Yeah, she. So yeah, she got stabbed. Uh, the bangle got basically punctured. Punctured, I guess. And all of a sudden, we get sent back in time, or it's a vision, or I don't even know. But my initial thought was it's a vision. It seems like because it. Because the ending of last episode with the train and then the grandmother calling and saying, oh, I saw it too. Mm-hmm. That made me think, okay, the bangle gives you these visions. And the fa- and the idea of it being a time travel device, to me, kind of feels far flung. I don't think Marvel is looking to retouch the time travel thing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, especially given that, you know, Endgame did it decently enough to where they didn't screw everything up with it. Yeah. I think what's going. I think we'll get like that, uh, that a scene with her and her great great grandmother. Is it great great or great grandmother? Great grandmother. Her great grandmother. I think we'll get a scene with with the two of them, and I think at that point she's gonna get full understanding of her powers and who she is and stuff like that. And then the last episode is gonna be some big battle. I don't know what it's gonna be, but it's gonna be a big battle with somebody. Can we talk about the action scene leading up to this? However. That was on. That was probably the best action scene of this series. Yeah, it was good because she, her powers have gotten a lot better. And it's not just the fact of like, oh, she's gotten better with her powers. Like they're finding, not that she's only gotten better, she's found new ways to use them. Yeah. You know, like like we're seeing that that car chase where she ends up uh, saving the family using her powers to protect them, mm-hmm. and then saving them from the oncoming car. 
I honestly thought it was one of the more creative entire sequences in the show. No, it is a very good, very. It's a very good touch to it. I mean, the thing is with her powers, it a, a tiny piece inside of me is like, I still don't like them, but part of the rest of me is like, you know what? I can't. I, I just. I have to like them at this point. They're just. That's just how she is now. We have to like who? Like her powers. I'm saying. Oh no! I'm, I, I, I see. Again, this is a debate I was never really in. Um, can you fill me in one last time as to why this is a problem for people? It's because first of all, she is she's an inhuman. Okay. Okay. They we don't have inhumans. Blackagar Boltagar, yeah, keeper we, of the Terrigen Mist. That's the only one we do have. The that's, king. that's not in our universe, but it's whatever. Yeah, somebody knows about him. Somebody. Uh, yeah, so, and humans, like I said, in humans, it would be great if they added it in where, like, the bangle got destroyed and her powers just didn't come from the bangle, it just came from her, which they said. The power... It's inherent. It, it was... Because she's part jinn. Because she's part jinn, so the power is already inside of her. So she doesn't need the bangle, which would be cool. She doesn't need it anymore. Because why do you want that thing on your wrist the whole time for, like, a power-up? That's like having Spider-Man... You know, you have to have uh, his things on and make spider webs, like the little compartments. Web shoes, the, yeah. the web shoes, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a pain in the ass, you know? Yeah. I mean, I really like the way her powers look visually, though. Visually, that, they that, look that, great. That, that's the thing about it. You know, to me, look, and I know, I know I, maybe I'm speaking out of turn in this particular instance, but as someone who did not read the comics and has barely picked up a comic book from being truthful. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm more or less looking for something that stays true enough to the character because obviously I don't want something that's not from its source material and is completely changed and is stupid. Right. But in this particular instance, I really think they're just trying to align her a little bit more with Captain Marvel. Uh it's just that And I know and I know you have your beef with Captain Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's just they, they have that, they're going towards that cosmic yeah, feel. I mean, and that brings us back to what she said at the end of the first episode. I mean, cosmic. she's cosmic. Cosmic. But I'll ask you this. Next no. week, we got this second to last episode. What is the one thing you are hoping to see? Uh, I guess a just true understanding of what the fuck is going on. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah. what is what is this all about? This came from the bangle. What is this about? What does this have any meaning? Okay, I need to know. I will say, it's usually that second to last episode where they start to clear everything up. I hope. No, I mean, no. It, it, it usually is. So, I think that's what's going to happen here. I think it's going to get cleaned up a little bit. And we're going to understand. I think we will see Aisha next week. Like, like in Moon Knight, they cleared up a lot. In that episode, in the in the fifth episode, of that, yeah, show. That, that was the best episode. That's and that was a great episode. So clear it up for me if it you know if they have to go through this journey of like self discovery for a second, just have an understanding of what happened during the partition, how things happened. Like we found out, uh, her mom, uh, not her mom, her grandmother, got guided by the light with the bangle. That's how she found her father again. Yeah. You know, so when we see that. Will we see that? Give us more about it so we can just have a better understanding of it. You know, something like that. Something to dig into, I think. Yeah. Because right now, a lot of what we... There's a saying... I mean, look, I'm no, I'm no film boy. But there's a saying of, show me, don't tell me. 
and we've been getting told a lot of things about the partition, but we haven't seen anything. Yeah, I'm more of a visual learner. Well, I mean, like... I, think, I think it's easier to learn that way. Yeah. You know, write two plus two on the board. Don't don't make me count it in my head. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's why we're not good at math, damn you know, it. <laughs> I mean, again, that's why we're here. But I, I think that's what we're going to see. The part I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if like half the episode is this flashback. Again, and I'm going to say right now, I don't think she got warped back in time, okay? I honestly think the bangle is just showing her what happened. It would make sense you know, if that's what it is. And now, if it is true that she got sent back in time, what, like a couple hundred years? Or no, not a couple hundred years, like a 50, 60, something, yeah. something, something like that. It's in the 1900s. She did get sent back? Like, that's pretty crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... I think, I think it's the other way. I think it is uh, just like a vision of some sort or a flashback of some sort where she got sent. And the bangles just showing what happened when her uh, grandmother was there. And let me just say one last time before I forget. Team Bruno. Okay? Team Bruno. Yeah. Bruno is the man. They got to, you know, uh, got to get together. You know? At some point. Uh, at some point. Uh... And then look. Uh, I do now. We didn't get to see anything go further with Bruno or Nakia in this episode. The only thing we get with Nakia in this whole episode is that Kamala's been texting her and she's not answering her. She feels betrayed. She does feel betrayed. I mean, I would. Yeah. I mean, but like Nick, if I found out you had superpowers, would I be like, "How dare you?" Would I, I be like, "Bro," if I didn't tell you? That's fucking sick. Yeah, see, but I'd understand why you didn't tell me. But see, there's a difference because you have like where. Ned finds out about Peter being Spider-Man. There's, there's two reactions. There's yeah. two reactions. There's the guy reaction to the girl reaction. <gasps> you didn't tell me about this. <laughs> I don't know if it's guy to girl or just Ned to Nakia. It could be. Because, it could... because I think in this particular case, Nakia felt like she was so close to Kamala that like her not telling her and despite and all the talk about the nightlight and everything. Yeah. It's like, come on, you're kind of you're kind of screwing me over here. A little bit. I mean, she also did get uh, betrayed by what's called. She kind of got betrayed by her because uh, the Department of uh, what was the Department of Def- De- Dam- uh, Damage Control. Damage Control. They came into the mosque and were like, "Yo, what's going on here? Where's the nightlight? Where's the nightlight?" And we're like, "You don't even have a warrant. Get the fuck out." I mean, that is the right answer. That is the right answer. Legally. Legally. That's the right answer. That is the right answer. And he's like, huh? Yeah. I mean, but we'll see. Maybe it'll change once uh, Jennifer Walters establishes that superhuman law division in She-Hulk. Maybe all of a sudden you won't need a warrant if you're looking for a superhuman. Dun, dun, dun. We have here Kamala Khan on trial. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we we don't. Nobody knows still. No. And that's the whole part of it. Yes. And I don't know if in the comics it stays a secret or not with Kamala Khan, or if she becomes like. A front page hero, kind of like a Tony Stark. Could be. All of a sudden, I am Miss Marvel. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that before. Oh, but yeah, God. I mean, look, this was a good episode exposition-wise. It was a little bit slow, I'm not going to lie to you. There, there I, I, It was a little bit slow, um, and I'm kind of I'm a bit concerned again that they're, they're running out of time and they're not going to be able to finish the series in as compelling a way as they could. But overall... Uh, I'll be back next week. Now listen, and uh, let's go, Bruno. <laughs> listen, all I know is we know one thing for sure: Kamala doesn't like spicy food. No, she does not. She does and not. if I'm being honest with you, I've never related with her so much. 
totally. Because if it's not salt and pepper or ketchup, it's probably not on my food. Yeah. Okay. All right, fine, barbecue sauce. But still, <laughs> you know, I, I, and then, look, and look, I mean, look, this is a complete sidebar to the episode, but she's right. Okay. Americans do not get that food. Whoever said it in this episode is right. Americans, I, they red, said whitewash. Red, but red Dagger says it. Yeah. He's like whitewash, but I, I don't know if that's the word, but it's like they, their food is like so basic compared to the spices of other cultures i mean listen I, as much as either way i'll tell you this either way sidebar either way chinese food in america is amazing to me even though it's just a shit ton of salt <laughs> but i mean i think that's what they mean i mean because yeah. they take out all the the stuff yeah. that all the other cultures but make. i will still enjoy chinese food if it's from china i don't care even sushi i would still eat that yeah i'm allergic to sushi so oh, there you uh, go. Is, yeah Nobody cares. A little tidbit about myself. Yeah. <laughs> He's also allergic to nuts because he is a nut. Wee bit. Just a wee. Just a wee bit. Just a wee bit. But yeah, uh, I think that's going to do it all for us here. Uh, we will be back next week with episode five. And we will also be delivering Spider-Man Far From Home to you soon. Yes. Uh, to continue the rewind. And then after that, just WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier left. But hey, got two more episodes of Kamala Khan here. And then we got Thor Love and Thunder in a week and a half. She-Hulk after that. And then uh, we'll probably be doing a news breakdown of all the Thor news before the movie comes out too. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Not a bad idea. So for all of us here at the MN Marvel Mania Podcast, I've been Mike. And I've been Nick. And we will talk to you soon. Take care, everyone.